with Counselor Mandy Bird. Here, you'll learn practical tools for navigating your losses and hear inspiring real-life stories from courageous people who have moved through their losses and found hope, their own authenticity, and how to give back to the world. And now, your host, Counselor Mandy. Hi, welcome to Finding Hope. My name is Counselor Mandy Bird, and I'm so happy you're with us today. I'm excited and thrilled to have my dear friend, Matt Lyon, on the show today. Dr. Matt Lyon. Hey, Matt, thanks for being with us. So welcome. And as always, my incredible amazing dear friend and our producer Cindy Bolero. Hey Cindy. Hello. And will you do the honors of introducing Matt? I certainly will. So Dr. Matt Lyon has been teaching meditation to groups for 27 years now. His meditation studies include traditional Japanese Zen meditation, Christian meditation and the tradition of centering prayer, Tibetan Buddhism, mindfulness meditation, transcendental meditation, and loving-kindness meditation. Dr. Matt's love is helping to catalyze healing and life changes with everyday people striving to be the best versions of themselves. His passion is demystifying meditation so that it becomes something joyful, powerful, and simple to change lives for the better. By changing individual lives, Dr. Matt endeavors to transform communities into healthier and happier cultures. So welcome, Matt. Great to be here. Thanks so much. So for our listeners, Finding Hope is all about how we can use the losses and the grief in our lives to bring transformation, how we can use our losses and the lessons that we learn and the gifts that we receive to give back. And during this time, um, we're in the middle of this pandemic of of COVID-19. I was asking myself, um, what is my creative response? What what do I want to do? What can I do to give back? to reach out to others, to use my gifts, to use my losses in solidarity with the world. And and I wanted, my heart passionately wanted to bring depth. And when I think about depth, Matt, I always think about you. You are um, a leader that, that lives and hangs out in the deep end. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that about your spirit and that, you know, we're really living in times where um, there's a toxic superficiality. And I wanted to offer our listeners an opportunity to hear your story, um, a man who has great love and great passion. And I, I wanted people to really hear you and hear um, your leadership voice because you have, um, through the years that I've known you, you've been such a gift to me around that idea of depth. Mm. So having said all of that, I want to open up with giving you an opportunity around this juicy question that I absolutely adore. And that is, you know, what, 
what is a great loss and heartbreak that you've had in your life? Something that's really rocked you and how then did that lead you into your passion and your gifts and giving back to the world? Because I want, I want to, I want to inspire people. I want people to feel in their own suffering that there is hope and, and that there's opportunity, even when they're in the middle of great pain, that they can connect with their own gifts and that, they, and that their suffering does make a difference in the world. And, and I think you have, you have so many gorgeous examples from your own life around that. And I wanted to, um, I'm going to stop talking now. So you, <laughs> <laughs> I love so listening. You share what, you know, what's on your heart. Sure. And, yeah. Yeah, well, if I'm hearing you correct, you know, what's, what's a poignant inflection point in my life? around pain and grief and its amazing capacity to unzip one's heart, you know, what's really relevant for me right now and what's, what's kind of what's up for me is what I'm, what is what I'm hearing you ask. And um, <clears throat> yeah, before I dive in, I do have a couple thoughts on that. It is, it is amazing though, how grace or grief can catalyze a wake up experience. Yeah. Grace yeah. or grief can catalyze a wake up experience. And, and then of course, you know, once you wake up then, well, at least for me, I can only speak for myself. Once I wake up, then I have to grow up. <laughs> then I yeah. have to usually clean up <laughs> the stuff that I did in my mm. unconsciousness prior to wake up and then show up. Yes. And, and I love, wow. you know, what you were saying is at least what I inferred from what you were saying was um, that, that, your grief about these times catalyzed the passion of service. How do I, I love how you said, what was my creative response? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, well, I want to really be very mindful of our time. My intent is to pack a lot of energy and depth into as few words as possible, which is one of my growth edges. <laughs> <laughs> Me you know, too. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, um, I mean, in our other podcast, I discussed, what was the catalyst to me becoming a healer, if you will, a healer and a teacher at a very young age? It certainly wasn't yeah. my sanctity or sainthood. It was, it was the, um, the, you know, the loss of my sister, my father's mental illness, and uh, his alcoholism and abuse, and a number of the things that I went through in that culture. But the point of it was, is it birthed this incredible passion for healing. Mm. I mean, mm. like, like a passion of like, uh, no, I'm I've got my contract. I've signed on the line. It's really clear what the telos, the direction of my life is going to be. And it's going to be our healing and teaching. And I'm grateful for that. And what's, you know, what's so fascinating, and I really have this just sincere hope in my heart that what I'm about to share can touch anybody who has that feeling of like, wait a minute, I've done all this work. I should be further along than I am now. Wait a minute, I've done all this work. Why am I in pain physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually? So I... Um, you know, we, we, we all lived in Charlotte together. And by the way, if Chris Saade watches this, I just, I think you all the time, Chris, and was just over in your neck of the woods not too long ago. And it's just, uh -huh. I think of Chris often and awesomely. Yes. So I had been in practice for close to a decade, uh, about a decade, 10 years. And, um, I, you know, by grace and grit, I had, um, developed and cultivated this, this really, uh, really wonderful 
very successful, very sought after, very um, well-regarded clinic, a North Carolina integrative health clinic. And um, I, I think some of my awakening experiences earlier on were very sincere. And there was a, there was a necessity of growing up and cleaning up that just hadn't happened. I wasn't at that stage. Uh, and, uh, and I had had a lot of experience of transformations of my state but all those state changes, whether it's bliss or ecstasy or growth or excitement or passion, it has to translate into a, a greater depth of stage, a greater movement of stage, like, a, like an evolutionary development. I mean, growing up, right? And wow. so, you know, I was in this, had this really busy practice and, you know, it sort of morphed into me working with a lot of celebrities and taking care of a lot of celebrities. And I had this long waiting list and, and all of a sudden I just started to the wheels came off the wagon. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I started to experience uh, really intense uh, pain, physical pain, and it didn't go away. In fact, it didn't go away for two years and it, it morphed uh, into a profound experience of like being really scared about my health and, and I had to go through all this diagnostic stuff and it really took about two and a half years to come out of that. But it was, uh, it was life-changing pain. Yeah. And yeah. What was amazing is, you, you know, if you have your own physician, they say you, you have a fool for a physician. I couldn't fix myself. I couldn't meditate my way out of this one. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't read an inspirational page out of this one. I, I mean, it's not that I wasn't making forward movement, but there was only one direction to go, and that was into the eye of the storm. Yeah. That's really hard because there was so much at stake. I thought that level of development saw the loss of what I had or fear I wouldn't get something I wanted. And that was an amazing, that was an intense grief. And during that time, my, uh, my son, Michael, who's named after Archangel Michael, who's one of my uh, total, like, he's one of my people. And um, yeah, he came accidentally, like it was a total surprise. And I was just in deep water and I, I was, uh, I was, I felt like I was drowning. Uh, and and so what it did is it catalyzed that, uh, and I hope I'll continue to stay with this, but just really immensely deep work into shadow, into uh -huh. psyche, into integration. But I think to make this very succinct, one big message I got from it was that my healing of said grief and pain, you know, I, I see chronic pain in most people that I work with as being a confluence of biological factors, psychological factors, social factors, shadow factors, but collective too. You know, uh -huh. and I think one thing I really walked away from that experience was, is yes, my healing was important to me because I wanted to function in the world and I wanted to, I wanted to feel like a human being again, but I really see looking back and as, as I was maturing in it, that it was, it's all about the collective of, of having that moment of grace, which allows the grief and allows the pain to develop, whatever that pain is, that, that ultimately moves one into a very embodied and authentic state of receivership of a wisdom that's so much bigger than me that, that can be utilized in a unique pattern, almost like this little fractal pattern of Matt or of Mandy or of Cindy. Uh -huh very unique way in which light shines through and then reverberates out to those that kind of have resonant ears or resonant hearts. So that's how the medicine is spread. 
and and so it was really clear to me that that the grief and the, the heartbreak and the loss of my physical body and my physical capacity for two years um, was just that it was so much about a reuniting of what I'm really here for, and quite frankly, uh, you know, being a giant wake up call away from a lot of the drivers in our culture that are so seductive in the superficial world. Um, and it's not to say that the celebrities that I knew or worked with didn't have some potent messages, but anything that doesn't include a very honest communication about shadow, about stages of development and a greater narrative and a new conversation about, uh, let's say an impending climate crisis, um, uh. mass, 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 destructive racism and patriarchy that moves through a whole culture that's upside down in terms of values that's quickly speeding us like a bullet train into um, demise. And I don't say that, I actually say that with excitement because therein yeah. lies my passion of waking up, growing up, cleaning mm -hmm. up, and now showing up so fully. So I, I, I hope that resonates and lands but i would say that that is my most authentic answer to your question yeah amazing amazing what an incredible incredible journey you have had how inspiring and what is really staying with me is how you when you had this time of great physical pain for those two years um, and all I mean all that you went through you know you you were and this is I think so important for our our friends that are listening um, for you know for seeking souls is that you you were already in incredible leadership you were um, doing amazing things and what I love about what you're saying is that, you know, I, um, like that I, I, you weren't at the edge of the edge of the edge of the edge of your own leadership. And the point that I'm making is that, um, it's that life is always wanting us to grow. Mm. You know, the divine is always calling us to stretch more and more and more into our authenticity deeper and deeper into our authenticity and and that's and i know there's so much that you have you have gained through this um this journey that you've been on what i hear is that it really brought you more fully into yourself into your authentic being and that's that's the gift I want our listeners to really hear from, from your amazing story. One gift is that, you know, this, this awakening that you've had, you were calling it, you know, growing up. It's like growing into more of your authentic, you know, who Matt authentically is. Um, and that, because I think sometimes when, when leaders are doing amazing things in the world as you as you were here in Charlotte. I mean, I know you. I mean, you had a, a huge following, you know, here and were so beloved and so respected. And um, and and I think when leaders have this idea that that somehow that if they come into this great crisis, 
I want our listeners to know that that you're not failing. You're actually succeeding. I mean, that was actually you were actually succeeding in this in this breakdown, if you will, in becoming more authentically mad, which then is allowing you to give give even more fully at this time um, when you know leaders like you are so needed in the world. Thank you. You know, Pierre Taylor Deschardins, who of course was a hero of Chris Sade and, and uh, Andrew Harvey, who it sounds like you're going to interview here as well. He said that for life to remain alive, it has to be constantly changing. For yeah. life to remain alive, and it implies that there is an innate intelligence to this process. Right? Mm. This, is, this is a process principle. And my crisis was the crucible, which really birthed a very distinct and upgraded calling. Mm. So the crisis was a crucible that birthed the calling, and it's totally in line with this process that says, hey, good on you, little soul. And now, <laughs> oh, look, if we scroll down to this part of your contract, oh, yeah, you've got this period here that in the context of eternity is that, but it's going to be really hard. But this, is your, this will be your chrysalis that will kind yeah. of birth these wings that will really um, give you the gift of real flight. And I, I remember at the beginning of this process, I called Andrew Harvey, who was really my spiritual director at the time. And I was like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what he said. <laughs> um, I can't tell it without... His voice lives inside of me in yes, so many ways. Yes. So, I, Andrew, if you hear this and it's off, just sit, say prayers for me. <laughs> he said something to the effect of, um, he, he often references the Divine Mother. So I say that with respect to all people on this call who have a various, uh, you know, full spectrum of, of ways in which you connect to the Divine. So if you're a faith or no faith, just hear this for what it is, which was, you know, Andrew loves the Divine Mother. He loves the Divine Mother as this nurturing, but also when needed, destructive force that loves so deeply. He said something to the effect of, well, my, my boy, this is the Divine Mother coming to lay you on the surgical table and with her precise scalpel to cut away that which no longer serves. <laughs> so, so <clears throat> he's like, my boy, you are being put in an oven to be cooked, but the mother would not have picked you if you were not a fine piece of meat. You know, you want to like quote Rumi and the trampling grapes and the grapes cry, no more, no more. <laughs> you will not. You know that, that wonderful prayer he says? Yes, yes, I wish I could rip it, it was, but it's that prayer that Rumi said that the grapes are going to beg yeah. and plead for the winemaker, stop yeah. crushing me, stop, I can't do this anymore. And that's how I felt. And I'm sure other people watching this feel that way maybe now. Yeah. And they'll say, no, please stop. And the winemaker says, once you have tasted, I'm paraphrasing, my passion and my glory, you will never stop praising my name. Yeah. Wow. I love that metaphor of grape transforms wine, caterpillar, chrysalis, butterfly. Like it's all through the hero and heroine's journey. Mm. But it is a requisite step in the hero's journey, according to Joseph Campbell's 13-step process that you can, it's just so ubiquitous in culture. There has to be 
a fierce meeting of an inner or outer or both opponent. And I love yeah. how in models it happens in this secret cave, which mm. implies that it's such this deep internal journey. You know, St. Cross, St. John of the Cross really talked about that, that is only in that pure darkness. Yeah. One truly meets the, the lover and the beloved become one when all the other stuff falls away. So yeah, I agree with you. It's like an evolutionary love kiss from mm. the divine. And you're like, oh, oh no, here it comes. <laughs> um, but the, the uh, yeah, so that's it. The, the gift, the grace of that was just uh, radiant love, just radiant, mm. radiant embodied love that's in my cells in a very different way, which is not to say, I mean, just ask my wife for my kids. You know, there's, there's many, many ish. There's, they have a list over there of all the stuff that I probably need to work on. But the, the sense of embodiment of really being a, a gentle yet fierce embodiment of divine love and kindness, I think that was the fruit of that. Mm, mm. And this is why I asked you to please be on Finding Hope. I love it. Love it so much. Yes, yes, yes. So, Matt, what, for our listeners, what's one thing that, or two things, <laughs> that come to you that you say, you know, this is what I want to share to help help bring you hope for, for those eager hearts out there that are, they're wanting to give back. They're wanting to use their gifts. You know, they're, they, they have been brokenhearted. They've learned who they are through as you, the, the deep grief and through the, the grace that comes through that. And they, and they want to give back and they want to make a difference. Um, what, what encouragement, would, what's helped you? It's a great question. In, in the darkest night, I, I usually find there's one very safe position to be in. And again, I say this with all respect to all traditions and no traditions, because what I'm going to speak of is, is a physical gesture, which is very rich in the Christian tradition I came from. But it's a symbol. It's a symbol of surrender which is in that very dark night, you know, I just really metaphorically and quite literally would hit my knees often and I'd ask for help. I'd yeah. ask for help. And so in the spirit though of passion, I think passion goes, for passion to be real, for me, God, I would love to hear Chris's take on this, but I think <laughs> for passion to be real, it has to be coupled with like this real grit and this real perseverance that says, okay, God, universe, divine, goddess, source, spirit, I'm really serious here. Like I'm, I'm really serious about waking up. Please yeah. help me. And if there are any souls or people that need to come into my life to help me, help give me the courage to see clearly who I am, what I am. Help me to see clearly into the nature of my light and my shadow, please uh -huh. pour your nectar of grace into me. Give me strength. Uh -huh. Through every tradition and no tradition, we even see this, that these, these moments of grace can descend upon people and just shatter their sense of reality in the most beautiful sense, people who had even no belief. I've studied this. I've studied this for years. I've studied near-death experiences. I've been fascinated to know 
when we're at that crossing point and that tipping point, when we are at the threshold, like the Van Morrison song, Dweller on the Threshold, one of my favorite mm-hmm. songs, when we are dwellers on the threshold, what, what creates momentum that breaks the inertia of our own cynicism and the embodied cynicism that's mm-hmm. an epidemic in our culture, what will break that? And I really do, and I don't mean this to sound trite, but it is, a, it is a movement of grace that's paired with this grit. And that grit says, okay, I'm deadly serious about waking up. And I may not get there, but I'm going to die trying. And I know that sounds severe, but it's just that heartfelt sense of like, okay, I'm out of answers. Please help. I love the 12-step model. And uh, I yeah. think one of the reasons for so many people, myself included, that the 12 steps are so impactful is because it's based on this premise that there's a power greater than myself that can restore me to sanity. Uh-huh. And that power greater than myself could be the quantum. It could be this immense, immeasurable, infinite quantum field. It could be the, the great bliss consciousness of Shiva. Whatever name I give to it, there is a power. And that if I will tune into that and then wake up and then grow up by doing a searching, a ser- I love how they say a searching and fearless moral uh-huh or spiritual inventory or cosmic inventory. So to succinctly state that, I'd say it's, it's to love yourself and to know that you're so worthy of grace yeah. because you're the wave on the ocean. And when the wave forgets itself, it just needs to go, please help. And then I think too, and this is so critical for our time, is the gift of community, is the gift of togetherness, is the gift of communion of, mm. union, of co- coming into union co <laughs> co yeah. union with each other yeah. and and that that's so critical because all the research has shown us that grit and resilience one of the major drivers of that is self-compassion and self-love which i just spoke of but the other is deep meaningful social connection mm-hmm. that is the antidote to the toxicity of the superficiality of our times Uh, You know, if a body cannot recognize that it has cancerous cells, that body will die. If we don't uh, have the awareness to stare without flinching because we know who we are in grace and we stand together. One of my favorite pictures is Martin Luther King walking across uh, that bridge in Selma, Alabama with his brethren. And that's us today. So uh, it's, it's that grace that's that ineffable, infinite source that comes through all traditions and no traditions. And then the deep power that comes from community that can then, as Chris used to say, I'll never forget the triangle. Yes. The joy and grief. Yes. Is, yeah. uh, joy and grief are always going to be present in life. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and, a, and sometimes a coexisting faction or we'll go through pendulums of great joy and then it swings into incredible grief. But at the top of that equilateral triangle was celebration yes and i think that's point number three is i always remember saying and i i've really listened to a lot of lebanese people and i've heard his accent and i still can't get it down (laughs) something to the effect of the the persians the persians they would Uh dance they would dance even when they lost (laughs) and and the persian warriors that would celebrate and dance even if they lost a battle So in these times, yeah, I want a creative response. Yeah, I want to open to grace. And yes, I want to create conscious community and catalyze conscious community. 
I want to dance and I want to celebrate whether I'm on my own or with other people and just be that beam of light that also can be like, okay, I'm, I'm this beam of light. And so I can go to the darkest places in this world and myself and this uh. body may go, this body may not make it. It doesn't matter in the end because I know my source. I know my home. I know my truth. And I know the uh. next, my life is to be that little honeybee just pollinating as, as many little flowers as I can so that they can uh, give birth to something more. So, uh, mm. Matt, your drive, your tenacity, um, I, I so resonate. I, I mean, I mean, a million times over, I so resonate with that drive and that passion of that connection with the divine of, love, 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 give, 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 you know, you, you know, may, may I be completely poured out mm. at my last breath in this, in this physical body vessel. And, and I so see that in your life and how you and, and your dear wife, Lynn live your lives, you know, you really are human beings that, um, are, are so focused of, um, using up while you're here, mm -hmm. you know, in, in giving back to the planet and to humanity. And yeah. I, I really adore um, what you were saying. And I think that it's, it, it's going to bring a lot of support and a lot of blessing to our listeners, because I, I think that people feel very lost right now. Um, yeah. Very lost during during COVID, uh, this political climate, um, you know, what's happening with this awakening um, around true systematic racism and, you know, what is happening for people around white privilege. I mean, what's happening with our brothers and sisters with Black Lives Matter. I mean, they're... they're there are so many things that are happening that are shaking us at our very foundation, um, which is a great gift. It is a great uh, blessing and very scary and very terrifying. And there's everyday people like me that are saying, what can I do to make a difference? What can I do as much as my heart is aching and I'm grieving and I'm in pain? And, and to hear your story about this realization that, you know, dropping down on your knees and asking for help, just regardless of if, if you believe in a greater source or God or if you don't, just that belief in I'm asking for help while I am calling on my passion with great grit. I love how you said that, like really saying like, I really mean it. Like I really want my life to be of use. And, and what I have seen, you know, practicing therapy uh, for almost 29 years now, can't even believe it's been that long, um, <laughs> but practicing therapy for that long with working with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people is I've seen it time and time again, that when people ask for help and they have a true desire to use their gifts and, and they search and seek life always always opens the door. There's, I mean, it's like there, your leadership matches the need in the world. There is a fit there. 
And yeah. that's where I want to encourage our, our, our dear listeners is that, you know, your heartbreak matters. It means something. There is a place for you. There's a place for your gifts. And, um, and we have to be willing, no matter where we are in our leadership journey, we always have to be willing to ask for help. We always have to be willing to be mentored, to be taught, to be nurtured. Um, and you are such a beautiful example of that. So tell me now, um, I'm seeing that I know we have to close soon. Tell me now about what you're doing there in Colorado with the big move. Yeah. Love to hear about your work. Sure. And, and one thing I want to, this will be a wonderful preface to that. St. Teresa of Avila had this wonderful prayer that I love. And she said, it's perfect for these times. It's perfect for these times. She said, let nothing upset you. Let nothing frighten you. Everything is changing. God alone is changeless. Patience attains the goal. <clears throat> Who has God lacks nothing for God alone fills every need. And again, mm. I say that with respect to all people who may wow. have different perspectives on that. But, you know, the Buddha also said, I love in the, 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 one of the core tenets of Buddhist thought is this, this ever-changing ocean of impermanence. And yet, we get to be the leading edge of that. And Martin Luther King's mentor said, don't, don't do what you think the world wants you to do. Do what makes you come alive and get out there and go at it because that's what the world needs. And so uh, I think that, the, that the, then the response after this grace and this grit is then that passion just naturally reveals itself. So after my experience um, that I described tonight, uh, to you guys, I, I just knew. I knew that as sad as it was and as hard as it was, I knew that my time at that office at 725 Providence Road, <laughs> Charlotte, North Carolina, 28207, <laughs> had really come to an end. Hmm. And um, so we, we entered into a great adventure. I knew I, I knew I wanted, my soul was craving sabbatical which isn't yeah. a vacation, Shabbat, it's Shabbat. It's, yeah. it's, it's that time, that rest in God, that rest, renew me, renew me through rest, an act of rest. And for me, the symbol was a journey. I love, I love travel, I love seeing the world, and I, I love my family. And I think mm -hmm. I could have, I, I wanted to be a much better father than I had been when I was very busy. So we came out to uh, a number of places. I traveled all over the world um, doing all sorts of, cool teachings with some personal development and meditation stuff. Um, but we've settled in uh, the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. Um, Lynn is practicing psychotherapy. Um, and, and I've started a, a very um, cool and integrative health clinic where I really try to practice the deepest medicine. You know, in a, in the true integral medicine leaves no part of the self behind. True, the true medicine, whatever that is, leaves no part of the self behind. So, you know, I obviously work with people's bodies. I do, you know, my, my work as a chiropractor, as an acupuncturist. I'm also a functional medicine practitioner. But within, punctuated within all of those encounters is a greater context of waking up and, and how do we grow and evolve in stages and that the shadow has to be a part of that because especially when we work with complex health issues, psyche and soma are just one fluid uh. 
experience uh. of information and energy that expresses itself as that person. So really helping derive what is the most effective medicine, right? Whether that's, you know, chiropractic or acupuncture or some deeper conversation about what's really up. That, that's really what I do. It's very different. And I work with, you know, just a few people a day because I work very in-depth with people. I'm currently um, not doing any retreats, um, obvi- well, for obvious reasons, but also <laughs> because I kind of don't want to. I feel like I'm really in a place of a lot of humility with my team. Well, I, I don't, it's so funny. Oh, in the Parks and Rec, one of the main characters would always say, I'm awesome at being humble. I don't mean <laughs> it like that. I feel like I'm being remade um, in my role as teacher And so I'm not in that role right now. I'm just working one-on-one with people either in person or virtually um, to help them just really move the needle on these things we're talking about. Well, Matt, where can people find you virtually if they'd like to work with you? Yeah. So my new website is about two weeks out, but the um, interim website, it's got a great name. It's called diamondheartdojo.com. Diamondheartdojo.com. So you know, you have the monastery and then you have the dojo and the dojo is where we go to train this deep stuff. And I've always been a martial artist. In fact, I just started boxing again and um, it's the place where we go to train and we just go to the, do the deep work and I can really be a physician in the deepest sense. So uh, diamondheartdojo.com and, and you can, there's a link there if you want to schedule a free consultation with me. Awesome. I recommend that you all do that. Oh my gosh. Well, I have to say, again and again. Um, man, I love your spirit. Love your spirit, brother. What Your Thank spirit you. is such a blessing on this planet. And Thank you all for being with us today and uh, follow me on Instagram if you'd like at bird underscore Mandy. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me at Mandy McMullen Bird. You can find me at Mandy Bird Counselor. You can also find me at Mandy at MandyBird.com. You can also leave a review for this episode, which would make my producer, Cindy Belero, very happy. Thanks so much for being with us. Have a great day. Finding hope.